Palmer. And this is Petrana, and this is High School Musical, the musical, the series, the podcast. A review and discussion podcast about the Disney Plus original High School Musical, the musical, the series. Woohoo! Wow. Um, it's the season finale, baby. Uh, how do we Act feel? Two. I feel really... I'm- I'm happy, but also sad. Yeah, I know. I was. It was like the Thursday night before um, it was premiering, and I was just like sitting there. I was like, "Man, I can't wait to watch the new episode." And then I was like, "Oh my god!" But wait a second. There's no more. I I mean, for now, there's going to be more eventually in 2020. Yep. Um, And God bless for that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We are very. Yeah, I feel like sad, happy sums it up basically. Um, and Palmer can sum up more of it now in her in her recap. That was a very uh smooth segue into the episode. Oh, thank recap. you, thank you. Um, all about those seamless transitions, as my tenth grade English teacher would say. You absolutely love to see it. Um, so basically, this episode picks off exactly where um opening night dropped off with EJ kind of turning around and he's gonna go on his Troy in the new act. So obviously dun, dun, dun. there is, yeah, <laughs> there's a bit of consternation as a result of that fact. So EJ is going on for Troy, um, which means that Carlos is going on for Chad, which is something. Um, and there's all these things like Ashlyn is reacting to it. Um, Ricky, meanwhile, is nowhere to be found, sort of. He's kind of like sulking outside the theater, um, we see later that he try, had tried to text Nini to let her know that he was turning the role over to EJ for Act 2. Um, but that message didn't go through. So Nini uh, goes on and is very surprised to see EJ and not Ricky, um, which does actually throw her off in the moment. And they have this very, like, hushed conversation while they're holding their lavalier mics, like trying to she's like what the hell is going on (laughs) um so ricky's whole plan to make things smoother for nini in the case that he would throw her off kind of backfired that's all right um but throughout the episode we see ricky kind of outside the theater his mom eventually comes out and is like what is going on and um he explains to her what happened and she's like oh well i brought what's his name todd Todd. Okay, yeah. Todd. She's like, I brought Todd because I wanted him to meet you. And uh, he's like, well, it backfired. I, he's like, did you intend for me to see him as I was suspended from the ceiling on wires? You know? I just want to take a moment. All these, like, people were theorizing that Todd is actually EJ's biological father or something. <laughs> I respect Which... the theories, but I was glad that was not the case. Yes. <laughs> um... Yeah, so so we see this kind of confrontation that has been coming to a head for both Ricky and his mom with all of these emotions um, and the things that they haven't talked about. And it happens like outside of the theater while act two is happening. Um, meanwhile, before the before the second act started, we got to see Ricky's father talking with Miss Jen a little bit. And there's this really like piercing moment where Miss Jen is like, just wait to see like what he has in store for you in Act 2, talking about Ricky and everyone. Of course, the irony is that we all know that Ricky's not going on. Um, (laughs) So there's all these different relationships. Um, Meanwhile, we also do see, like, Gina uh, around both going on as Taylor, but then talking to Ricky. um, 
And the big moment of this episode is when she convinces Ricky to go in the theater to watch the rest of the performance. And it's during Breaking Free. And so there's this extremely Breaking Free-esque moment, right? Where Mm -hmm. EJ goes, oh, I'm not the Troy that you want right now. And basically pulls Ricky back on stage. And it's this really, like, electrifying performance um, between Ricky and Nini. And it's freaking beautiful, right? Um, Meanwhile, throughout the rest of this episode, we do get to see things like we see uh, Wondering halfway staged. Um, Ashlyn is an amazing Miss Darvis. I love Ashlyn so much. So good. She's so cool. She has Ashlyn is who I would have hung out with in high school. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I was like, if I had to choose anyone in the cast to like be really tight with, it would absolutely be like Ashlyn and Seb, I think. Yeah. Um, but anyways, with uh, we find oh, we also figure out where wondering goes within the show. So it's after that scene where um Gabriella is in the basketball court, um, or in the mm-hmm. gym with Troy and Troy's dad, who in the show is played by this, like, probably, like, a sophomore <laughs> freshman. He's freaking adorable. He's, like, this scrawny, wimpy kid. I love him. He's, like, putting on this deep voice. He's like, oh, He's- East High is a basketball school. Right. There's no place for theater here. I and then Miss Darbus starts singing. Well, he says, they, they added in a line where, and it was as I kind of, like, hypothesized back in episode two, mm-hmm. um, where he's like, if you wanted to do theater, you should have stayed in New York, I think is what oh. he says. And dun, dun, it's her dun. ruminating on like all of that, and I would, I for one would love to see uh, a production the of Miss Darbus backstory. I yeah. want to see the Miss Darbus backstory, <laughs> or at least just like High School Musical with you know the extra whatever five to seven minutes of uh, a Miss Darbus arc. Um, and so Disney Channel, this is our official letter to you to release the Miss Darbus cut. Yeah. and just add a scene in I don't know the who's the actress who plays Miss Darbus I'm sure she's I don't know she'll be more than willing to sing this beautiful song yeah. and just superimpose it into the movie yeah um but yeah <laughs> at least I got to see it in this um for a little bit um I think it really adds a lot of depth to her character but back to the kids um there's also throughout this episode a little bit of like interaction between Mr. Mazzara and Big Red, um, where Big Red picks up really freaking fast um, on manning the light board, and he's like, oh, it's just like a video game, you know? Uh, And Mr. Mazzara's like, oh, you should join Robotics Club. Robotics. Um, And it's actually uh, not the only surprising Big Red skill we see in this episode, but more on that later. Um, So the show wraps up. Things are going really great, except for the fact that the dean of the performing arts school leaves really early during the curtain call i think or during we're all in this mm-hmm. together and so needy's kind of crestfallen because she assumes that that means that she is not She's... going to be admitted um and so there's all of that ricky comes to comfort her and they are talking um and eventually hash everything out have this super cinematic kiss um ricky gives this big speech and we will talk about that later uh Rini writes right um and they exchange their gifts and then we also learn that those big ass flowers were from big red to ashlyn so there is some romance there um and then everyone is kind of milling around outside the theater as 
theater post-performance high school things do happen. Um, and Nini runs into the dean again. And basically, the dean is like, you obviously have talent. I'd love to offer you a spot at the school starting next month. And Nini's just like, oh. <gasps> Meanwhile, dun, dun, dun. yeah, Ricky is talking to both of his parents. Things are going mostly well, except also in, in his setup, potentially for a conflict in season two, um, Principal Gutierrez confronts Miss Jen and Mr. Mazzara and goes, oh, we figured out where the fire came from. You two. Um, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so there's definitely a very uh, tenuous kind of thing going on oh. there. And also, um, at one point, Gina's like, I have to go home to my mom Yeah, my FEMA job. And then Ashlyn's like, oh, man, miss your flight. You can stay with us through to, through a winter break. Ah, wow, that word <laughs> well, she's like, come out, right? She's like, you can stay the night. Or you could honestly just stay through all of December. And then she's like, or... And then it's obviously and then like... never uh, find out. Ooh. No, it's... I mean, it's like the... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. The setup for season two. Um... In which yeah. that is going to be the way that they bring Gina back, I think, is having her be roommates with Ashley and her housemates in their Aww. guest room, which is adorable. How, um, but how does that, like, actually, like, she would still need a legal guardian to, like, sign her permission slips? Well, yeah. So, I mean, that, that like, I've had friends who have done that before where, like, okay. um, we had a family friend who, like, the family moved away in the middle of his senior year of high school. And he just, yeah. like, stayed with some family friends so he okay. could finish out high school, like, in his hometown um so it definitely is like a possibility i would assume that okay. they would accept ashlyn's parents like signature yeah for her mom but i'm also glad that ashlyn's just making this decision without consulting her parents well she didn't she didn't actually like offer it you know yeah um so we'll see but i i think that's just the tease that's for probably it. the way in yeah. yeah um speaking of ashlyn and her family members we find out that ej was in fact the one who bought Gina's plane to get back to Salt Lake City, which is really sweet. Um, you absolutely Aww. love to see it. And then basically the capstone on all of this, in a lovely post-credit twist, we see Big Red tap dancing in the gym alone. Um, Larry Saperstein just totally freaking killing it, right? Um, and then shooting off all the confetti. And then Ashlyn was also there, um, and they share a passionate kiss. Um, so that's a canon ship. Um, you love to see yeah. it. But basically, that's everything that's gone on. So lots of different individual threads. Uh, lots of lovely things to pick apart. And also lots of lovely stuff to lead into next season. Yes. But we're talking about, first and foremost, how chaotic this show must have been to watch if you were just someone's family member going to this show and seeing... How many cast changes was that? We had Jeannie, Gina come in for... Courtney. Courtney. EJ we go on. For EJ go on for Ricky. Carlos go on for EJ. And then Ricky go back for... <laughs> EJ, so that's four cast changes. It's just honestly, I would give Nini a scholarship to this performing arts school for just rolling with these four cast changes that no one told her about. No, I mean, what a truly what a time. Um, I think it was like that's so it's so chaotic, especially seeing like I love that Carlos just goes on as Chad. Um, apparently he has the whole script memorized, which probably tracks. I don't think that's yes. too far of a leap of faith, uh, yeah, given his so character. 
Um, I love how, like, no one told Miss Jen either. They were just like, oh, yeah. yeah, this is happening. Like, we're just gonna make all these decisions. That's the funniest thing. I don't know if if this would ever, correct me if I'm wrong, if this has ever happened in anyone's high school production, but that would never have flown with, like, any of my directors. Like, no one would have dared to incite that kind of, Well, we actually, to be fair, we didn't, we stopped doing understudies when I was, like, mm-hmm. a sophomore or something like that. Um, or even a freshman, I think. Um, but that would, <laughs> no one would have done that without consulting the director first. And the director would have been like, no, you're gonna go on. Like, suck it Especially, up, Especially, you know? like, you can't go on in the middle of the show. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you would not swap out for it. And barring, like, someone breaking their leg, and, like, that's, I feel like that's the only situation when, like, serious they physically injury. cannot. <laughs> yeah, like, physically unable to is when, like, you would send an understudy on in the middle of the show. Um, but certainly made for exciting viewing. And it seemed like everyone was having a good time. Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, there were some. The yeah. the bit I loved was like a lot of the performance moments where someone would drop a little like zinger of a line, and then the there would be like that kind of audio. I mean, the audience laughter. It just okay. That's actually so. The, it's it's. I'm trying to say something more than someone said someone something funny and the audience laughs. But uh, it just, it just felt, really felt organic. It felt so organic, yeah. Because it was good moments from the musical that we all know and all love, and like just seeing. I, I found that I I like that too because I I laughed and then the audience laughed, but it wasn't forced like a laugh track. It was like, oh, this is a moment in the movie yeah. in the musical that I la- have laughed at in the past that I am laughing at now, mm-hmm. and these people are laughing with me, sort of thing. Yeah. And they I were, guess. it was delivered, I mean, the delivery, like, was in such a high school theater yeah. style, which I don't know exactly how to pin that down, but I think, like, Ashlyn had some zingers, there were a couple others, um, I mean, Courtney had some great lines, uh, when she was being Gina mm-hmm. earlier in opening night, um, but I think it's really testament to, like, the cast skill that, you know, you have them well, they act- can, they can- they have them acting, and then they have them acting while they're and, acting, and, uh, while acting while they're acting. Yeah, yeah, I think that's wonderful. It's like acting while they're acting, but not necessarily acting great while they're acting, especially EJ. Yeah, like, well, e- <laughs> I think I think EJ does good. No, no, yeah, I I, I think he does wonderfully too. But it, it's like moments like when he was doing that tech rehearsal stuff with Carlos, where he like he's hamming it up. Oh, that was so f- like <laughs> like he can act like he's acting bad, which yes. I think is a good skill. Yeah. Um I I frankly love Matt Cornette as EJ. Oh, he's so sweet. Just he he really gets the I don't know. I love that EJ is this like dumbass. Yeah, he's so painfully stupid, right? But he does have quite a bit of empathy. It's just really hard for him to like figure out how to understand and deal with that, I think. Um but especially in this episode, I think it was just, like, really fun to get to see Matt Cornette do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, lots of lots of shining moments for everyone. Um, um, yeah, so my personal favorite moment, well, one of my personal favorite moments of this episode was just, like, there was, like, that pan out to the audience. Like, so Seb is, like, kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. And then we see, like, was this right then where they, they pan to the audience yeah. and we see, like, yeah, three it's during rows Bob of, like, to the top. Yeah, Seb's family is... Oh, that's another fun high school theater thing where 
Seb was supposed to go on from bop to the top, but the intro just kind of like looped around like for five minutes. Carla was, because Carla because was, was like, nervous. they've been vamping for like three minutes. You have to go on. I know. Um, I haven't, I haven't heard the word like, I haven't heard or read the word vamp, I think, since yeah. I was, like, doing theater. Um, and it's just, they're just, oh, my gosh. I just love and There's it. these, like, little sprinkles of things, which, like, for, like, the many cast changes is something that probably would not actually fly. But, like, doing that song and Seb being nervous, I feel like, is absolutely something that would happen. Right. And it's, well, I think it's cute because you have, like, this moment with Carlos that isn't, like romantic but it is intimate in that sort of way where Carlos yeah. is like just do it you're gonna be fine go on stage and then he like kisses him on the cheek and like pushes him out there you know yeah and it's very and that yeah I was gonna say we see Seb's family and they have like three rows of seats in the theater or the gym dedicated to Seb and they're all they all have signs that say like we love Seb yeah. and with, like rainbows and glitters and glitter and stuff and it's just very very sweet to see that it's so good especially okay it's so cute one of my like private worries was that like so part of Seb's arc in this is him being like oh I finally get to be myself and like express myself mm-hmm. in this way and then also um I was worried because like he comes from this farming family and like <laughs> I think it's just the way that I'm conditioned seeing like queer characters yeah. in media but like I was definitely worried that his family was going to be homophobic and that was going to be like part of the character and like to see it pan out and have them just obviously be like so freaking there for him. Um, yeah. was just so sweet. I love that like, was so nice. And that's like a promise that his storyline isn't going to revolve around that, mm-hmm. which is not to say those stories aren't important, but I feel those like, are like all the stories that get told. Exactly. And now we just get to have them being fun and like exploring their relationship and they're going to have troubles that might not necessarily revolve around Mm -hmm. homophobia. It's really, uh, yeah, it's really just good to see that like they're not, uh, the writing isn't milking any of the queer characters as like they're having all these problems in high school because they are gay and you know, um, yeah, it's just lovely. And his family was adorable. Um, And speaking of other adorable family moments, we meet Big Red's parents, which is amazing. Um, they get a little aside, and we learn that Big Red is um, wh- either like the third or the. F- he's he's down the line of a number of Big Reds. It's a family name. Is that is that like a family nickname, or like is his name literally Big Red? I, Maybe okay, Big his Red. name cannot literally be Big Red, but it has <laughs> to be a nickname. Know, Palmer, <laughs> I um, I used to have a, a I I'm not used to. I have a friend who um. Named Big Red. No, I don't have a friend named Big Red. Isn't that the, uh, although I am from Nebraska, and so it's like, go Big Red. Anyways. Um, I did not know that was a thing. It is. It is. They GBR, oh, okay. am I right? Um, but anyways, um, it's just this adorable moment with his parents. And they're so supportive. And they're like, we didn't know he did much of anything. And so, like, Aww. it's this really cute moment. Um, and he's also, something that I love is that he's wearing one of those shirts that like has a screen printed tux tux sort of thing it's the little details because that is absolutely like prime techie like clothing you know oh my gosh yes um absolutely um and so now let's talk about the big 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 moment which was that Rini confession and i will say as the person who's kind of been more rena here i 
it was just so absolutely heartfelt and endearing and most of all genuine to me that I was just it was I am back on the Rini train I guess yeah I and think you were definitely I've been fairly like ambivalent between yeah. ships you know um but I think it came across as very natural um mm-hmm. and I think I, I was gonna say okay I was gonna say I think we all knew that this was how the season was going to end, but we literally can't say that because both of us were like, I think Nini's going to end up single somewhere around episode like five or six. Yeah, I know. Um, See, here's the, here's, here's the thing. Yeah. I don't want to be that person who was like, oh, but I actually felt it. But like, I think part of the reason I was hoping Nini would be single and that Gina would be the new love interest is because the tradi- the traditional trajectory of having the two of them end up together was just like, like, I was like, oh, this would be very typical. Mm-hmm. I hope they're not doing that because I want them to be kind of be atypical. But then now I'm like, all right, I, I dig yeah. it. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think it came about in a very natural sort of way. And, mm-hmm. like, what I really like about their relationship arc across this whole season is that we do see both of them really getting a lot of time on their own to process and yes. deal with these sort of things, especially Nini. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really... And I, w- I would argue uh, Ricky, too, because so much of his, like, reluctance to say I love you back was about his parents. Right. And I think we got a lot from... So I think both of them grew and, like, confronted their own insecurities. And I think that's what makes their coming together so satisfying. Mm-hmm. And also... um. Joshua Bassett improved this confession scene. Yes, um, <laughs> which it, it's that's why it feels so genuine. And I uh, like in the it's the L.A. Times right that they gave the yeah. interview. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that he drew on like actual moments of him and Olivia like just hanging out. Yeah, and she didn't. Which is, she didn't know. So I think the way it went was. Um, the original script said that he was going to be like, "I don't not love you." Which, and then... Yeah, to echo the song. Right. And then I think um, Tim Federley, the showrunner, if I am remembering this correctly, I can't find it in the piece right now, um, was like, I think this needs something more. Can you just yeah. kind of, like, go for it? Um, and Joshua Bassett said that that definitely, like, made him nervous to a certain <laughs> extent because that's kind of like... I think he says something... Um, Oh, let me see. He says it was an actor's dream and an actor's nightmare at the same time. Um, And so he kind of just let it like drawing on those moments that he had had with Olivia um, definitely just went for it. And it's so good. It's really like I don't want to say slam poetry, but in the sense that it has that like his delivery has this really strong rhythm and Mm -hmm. flow. And it's. I was and watching he, it, my, like, heart was gonna burst, right? <laughs> he's, he's just so vulnerable in that moment, which I feel like a lot of it comes from the nervousness of doing that scene, mm-hmm. where he has to, like, improv it, basically, but it was, it was, it's very cute, and, like, Olivia's reaction is also very, like, it's also very vulnerable, and then they have this, like, very big, passionate kiss that is, like, I don't know, it was really sweet. It's good, it's and- a pretty, like, it's a pretty steamy kiss. I don't want to say steamy, steamy, but it is like it is like a. It's not like a Disney Channel kiss. You know what I mean? Yes. Um. Yeah. It is a Disney 
channel plus kids. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's true, that's true. <laughs> um, it's definitely, like, man. Oh, here it is. Because Federley talks about it, too, in this interview. Um, he's like, are stealing Nini and Ricky's love story? Maybe it's not a quote for him. It's it's in the piece, but they point out that it's, like, a very un-Disney-like kiss. Um <laughs> Which, um, yeah. Good for them. I do love I won't be weird about this. I'm happy for that. And it was kind of awkward, too. A little teenage. Right. Yeah. But it was definitely, like, authentic to that kind of experience, right? You're not going to have this, like, extremely, like, picturesque or chaste kiss. Especially in this kind of situation where you're coming back together after not being apart for so long. Um, Yeah. I like also after performing a very romantic duet together. Yeah, Break and Free had some tension. It was amazing. It was the performance was so good. good. Um, that audience must have been so confused. Oh, this is actually another small line that really spoke to the high school theater experience. Not just the high school theater experience, but the <laughs> high school activity say. experience. Was when uh, Didi was just like, "Yeah, we're probably gonna go to Denny's after this." And like, and yeah, say, like oh- what. All theater kids know how to do is go to a diner, eat hot chip, and lie. Like, <laughs> it's... it's uh. Yeah, like, I remember after every band concert, after every... I say marching band game, that's the thing that came to my head. I meant I mean football game, but I, after every marching... After every football game, marching band performance, everyone would just go to Denny's. Like, it, that's such mm-hmm. a, a thing. Denny's is open all night, yep. and Denny's is very tolerant of, like, a large group of high school students coming in. No. For us, it was, um, our big place was, like, Village Inn, which is basically Denny's. I, I know it's a chain. Is that Nebraska Denny's? It's, well, we have Denny's as well, but it's, it's in Nebraska. I don't know where else there are Village Inns, actually, now that I think about so it. So maybe it is Nebraska Denny's. Maybe it is. Well, like, it can't be Nebraska Denny's, because Denny's exists <laughs> in Nebraska. Um, but anyways... Yeah, it's definitely, I I love, like, that line, because obviously that's just, like, a thing that arts kids do all the time. It's just a small little detail, but it it really sells it. Right. Um, What a mood, though. And speaking of, like, a lot of these kind of authentic details, um, we were talking about this earlier, and I think it's been touched on in a lot of coverage of the series, but how true this series is to Gen Z, even within the confines of the fact that it needs to be, like, quote-unquote Disney Channel PG or mm-hmm. within those content limitations. Um, but everything from, like, the music style to the dialogue to just these little hallmarks. Um, How they use social media, I think, too. Yeah. That's been something we've talked about a lot kind of over the mm-hmm. course of all of this um, is the ways in which, like, technology plays a major role and social media and we see it like with ej and his thousands of followers oh my gosh ej getting canceled oh my god i can't believe i truly can't believe like ej does i everyone's going through their crises and ej's is him getting canceled on instagram um it's so funny to me even still um but yeah i mean like i i for one would love to see carlos making dance tiktoks in season two. Oh my gosh. I hope they make TikToks. I know a few of them are on TikTok. Wait, really? I know S- Sophia Wiley, I oh, think, is. Oh, that's true. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. She- um, so I think they should do TikToks. I would love to see some, like, behind-the-scenes yeah. H- cast TikToks. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, HSM, TM, TS, 
TTT. <laughs> High School Musical, the musical, the series, the TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's why I don't understand why they don't have a Twitter that's HSMTMTSTT. Twitter and then TI for the Instagram. You would hire me, Disney Channel <laughs> Plus. I'll do your social I know. media. I wish they had um like individual social accounts for the show, but I think it's all just routed mm-hmm. through. It's all under Disney Plus. The I Disney think. Plus stuff. Um, Which is but yeah, sad because I t- we tag them more. I know. Um, uh, but what was I gonna say? Yeah, I guess speaking of EJ, here's the other point we wanted to discuss. Um, which is that. One thing we both really liked about this season, this series, is that at the end of the day, everyone who was kind of set up to be an antagonist, and that is like EJ, Gina, and Mr. Mazzara specifically, by the end were like pretty chill people who we were rooting for Mm -hmm. and definitely got deconstructed even though they were absolutely like like set up traditionally to be bad guys. Like you got the the suave jock you got like the ambitious girl you got the like mean stem teacher but then like ej is actually like really sweet even if he's an idiot and gina is my daughter and i love her she's so (laughs) sweet she has a lot of insecurities and mr mazara is he's just a big nerd he's just a a big stupid nerd and i i do love him i (laughs) i'm really Surprisingly, he and very Jen on the Mazzara have their Jen. thing going on. I I want the Mazzara Jen like buddy comedy. I would like a yes. series of Disney Plus shorts of them just like interacting, um, going to like staff meetings. Mm-hmm. I bet they would like message during all staff meetings. Yeah, especially because like it's staff meetings about like more core subjects, and they're like the elective teachers, right? Yeah, um, it's so I I. I just they I should come together for like a bake sale or something. Yeah, right. So get more funding, especially because yeah, there's give a us... crossover in their student groups. So you know. yeah, give us the Mr. Mazzara and Miss Jen spinoff specifically for old people like us. Yeah, I would like the workplace comedy. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're. I mean, I think I they're good, and I do as much as I truly like on a base level would love to see them date. Um. And that's that's just me wanting wanting the simple things. I do love the fact that their like arc wasn't that. Um, mm-hmm. Even if there were like, I, I, I don't. Know. I just I I I don't want Miss Jen to date Ricky's dad. That's just so weird. I don't want opinion. it. I don't want it. I want her to be Ms. happy Jen's, though. I want both. I just to be I want Miss Jen to be happy, but I don't think Miss Jen should find happiness in the arms of Mister Mister <laughs> Bowen. <laughs> yes, him? yeah. Um, speaking of Miss Jen, I forgot this in the recap, but. The kids do a director's gift, um, and they give something to Carlos, too. I don't remember what it is, but they bring him out along with her, but they give her the apple moment um, and bring the apple out on the tray and let her, like, I didn't even notice that. Oh, my gosh. She says, is this the last apple? Um, Oh. Because they do that, like, very coy, you know, Carlos I was eating lunch when I watched this. (laughs) Maybe that's, I was focused on food. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, that's so cute. But it's this nice, really, like, full circle circle moment. And, like, something I was thinking about, too, in the arc that they gave Miss Darbus, it kind of parallels what we know about Miss Jen's mm-hmm. life. And the, like, trying to come to terms with the fact that the kids, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's role of a, the role, role of a lifetime, right? Um, 
the fact that now this is your focus. Instead of putting yourself on the stage, you're giving all these kids the opportunity Aww. to do so for themselves. And I think her art was handled wonderfully um, yeah. throughout this show. I went from being, I think, it, like, if you listen to earlier episodes, I think we were both very lukewarm on her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think she's wonderful. I mean, I think Kate renders I feel like also great. so many people we were, like, kind of lukewarm at the beginning have definitely, like, grown into very fully fleshed out characters yeah. that we love especially like mr mazaro because i remember earlier episodes were just like i don't like that the stem teacher hates the arts teacher yeah. but then like they're they're buds now they're accomplices accomplices yeah and a crime they're they're and then definitely have like this partner in crime like yeah oh god they're cool they're good and also like i remember we were afraid that big red was going to become more like a one note comedic mm-hmm. like side character but he's like become one of our favorite characters i think Part of the reason Big Red works as well as he does is because he's just so caring mm-hmm. about people. And, and Ashlyn, too. I think they both very much have this very warm mm-hmm. energy and the dedication to their friends. And I think that's like that's why they work so well together. Like when they when they flirt, it's just like it's them so... giving the most like beautiful compliments and heartfelt compliments, too. I know. Well, and they're so like it's so. I love the fact that their flirting is so over the top because we have this really like, you know, kind of endearingly awkward stuff between Ricky and Nini and Gina. And but then Gina. you have like Ashlyn and Big Red having this totally like over the top, almost flabbergasting romantic dialogue, which yeah. I personally love. Um, and I think it, it tracks too because they, I think out of the whole cast are the people who are the most likely to just kind of be open about their emotions. True. Yeah. Both of them like 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 Ashlyn had no problem calling EJ out for his Mm -hmm. shenanigans earlier on. And I and Big Red has always been the person that Ricky turns to. Yeah. And it's like they they both wear their hearts on Mm -hmm. their sleeves. Um which is why it's just I mean it it's so wonderful. And I, I I love that they confirmed it and, like, brought them together in this parallel to Sharpay and Zeke. Yeah. I hope they turn out better than Sharpay and Zeke, and I'm sure they yes. will. Because if you watch High School Musical 2, Sharpay and Zeke don't... There's the same kind of weird, like, why are you talking to me element. I know, Sharp- High School Musical 2 was so centered around that, like, really fake Sharpay, Troy, Gabriella love triangle, which didn't really make sense. It was so bizarre. But- well, Troy, Troy is like, do I prioritize my ambition or my relationships? Basketball. Yeah, so actually, you know, so, okay, so this is a very good segue into a final point that we did not put on our outline, but it is definitely one I do want to talk about, wherein Nini's upcoming arc for season two is absolutely going to be, do I prioritize my ambition or my relationship? Mm-hmm. And that's like a call, like that is something that we have seen in High School Musical 2, and that was like such a huge point in High School Musical 3. And um, at first, I was thinking, like, oh man, they're probably going to make her choose Ricky because how else are they going to keep her in the show? Mm-hmm. But then I thought about it, and I was like, Gabriella doesn't choose Troy, Gabriella goes off to Stanford. Right. Like, I mean, I think Nini should go, and I think she's going yeah. to go. Because she's not stupid, right? Yeah. Um, and she wants this really bad, and I think, R- and I think Ricky would want that yes. for her. Like Troy doesn't let the, Troy doesn't force Gabrielle to stay 
behind. And if anything, the whole arc in High School Musical 3 is Troy realizing that he's not limited by the box that he's put himself into. Mm-hmm. And that his relationship with Gabriella allows him to step outside of that. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that is like probably the deepest thing I have ever said about High School Musical 3. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, on this note, though, I think like one of the best things about this season, like looking back over all of it is that like this show's ethos is not to rehash high school musical but it is referential in both the obvious ways and the music and in the production and stuff like that but in these really more complex thematic elements gita's moving paralleling um gabriella and nini getting this potential troy arc um and i i really love that and like how they they really dig in and make those themes feel more profound, I guess, and, like, deeper and authentic. Um, yeah. I think that's probably one of my favorite parts of the series is that it's referential not only in the small details, but also in the broad strokes um, and mm-hmm. in the writing. And I think that's what makes it so strong. Um, but... And I think it does a better job of kind of, like, rooting it in our reality. Absolutely. Because we, we do know that this series takes place closer to our reality because they're putting on high school musical and it's stuff little stuff like remember how troy didn't know where he was going to college until like the day he graduated right i was like stuff like that sorry decision day is may 1st (laughs) actually speaking of i think our first order of business during this show hiatus hiatus is to rewatch high school musical (laughs) three and review that because both of us can only remember that arc and then the boys are back. The boys and are also back. I want it all. I was talking to a friend, um, and he was like, I desperately need a Ricky EJ the boys are back moment. Yes. And I agree. I really With Big Red. I Big, Big Red, Red should be in the boys are back. That's true. Big Red deserves Big to Red be does... in the boys are back. Especially now. Here's a looking forward to season two. Um, I am excited that no everyone knowing that Big Red can tap dance. Yes. And like dance becomes Palmer. Mm-hmm. Where you? I thought of Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Is ha- Big Red Skimble Shanks? Is Big Red Skimble Shanks? Here's a preview. I I'm committing to this verbally right now. Okay. We're gonna All do right. an episode during the hiatus where we cast everyone in High School Musical the musical the series. As cats characters. As if they were doing a if, production of cats. If East High did a production of cats, which I think they could manage for the most part, given that the dance caliber of these kids is freaking insane. Amazing. Right? Yeah, so good. Um, anyway, Skimble Shanks is big red. I'm saying it. I think that's what we had in our like brief discussion of this. We've talked about it too much. We've talked about cats too much. Um Yeah. Alright. Anyways, is, we'll, we'll tabling that <laughs> for a later tabling date. Tabling that. Um, but I I would love to see like a gag throughout season two just be big red having all of these bizarre skills that come in handy at certain points but he's just like oh it's no big um i feel like that's another nice parallel with him and ashlyn because there was that episode where ashlyn was like yeah i'm like co-captain of the robotics team and i'm also in like the baking club blah 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 the high priestess priestess of the renaissance (laughs) um i i love her we love a power couple truly uh and i think too it kind of speaks to like from from the snippets that we've seen from cast members and um, showrunners and writers, 
like of the show is that the, <laughs> that seems to be how things were somewhat playing out. Is like, oh, these kids have a bunch of like odd skills that we can just throw in here. Um, and obviously, I remember the the tidbit during um, Miss Jen's quote unquote trial is that Larry Saperstein picked up Dara Renee's like dance track mm-hmm. after she had an injury um, and just learned it on the spot. Right. So I would love to see Big Red doing more performance. Um, but that was just what an amazing moment. Truly. So good. I was like, is he so straight up going to tap? <laughs> I was like, is he straight up going to tap dance? Um, but anyways, we love, we love multi-talented kids. Um, and speaking of that, the soundtrack, Speaking of talent, talent, uh, and people who have it, uh, the soundtrack <laughs> overall is finally out in one cohesive unit. And at first, I thought it was just going to be the tracks that had already been released, um, mm-hmm. compiled finally into one unit, as opposed to my like playlist that I forget to update half the time. But no, it is forty-one tracks long. Heck yeah! Includes rehearsal versions um like there's three versions of for example i think i kind of you know nini's version ricky's version and then the duet that was previously released um we get the ashlyn and nini version of wondering we get um what else uh bop to the top nini and courtney version um stuff like that like i'm trying to see what what else really sticks out the full version of breaking free um the acoustic video version of wondering acoustic version of born to be brave there's truly so much and there's also instrumentals for like yes every song um which Ooh. is literally <laughs> yeah no i'm definitely gonna go and like just be bopping to this as i cook tonight um nice. good but yeah so it's a full thing, um, but I think something we should talk about, too, is that the cast, particularly Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett, were involved in writing some of these songs, which I think, too, is, A, an amazing show of faith on the part of the production and staff, mm-hmm. um, and, B, like part of why they feel, quote-unquote, authentic or Gen Z. Um, particularly, so the song, so Olivia rodrigo and joshua bassett co-wrote just for a moment um and then olivia rodrigo after i remember i think i read this somewhere after episode four was filmed um tim federley went to her and was like oh i think this needs a nini song and yeah she wrote it um and all i want is arguably like the breakout single from this soundtrack i think uh which is freaking amazing right um but i'm so proud of them i'm so proud they're so cute let me see here's some of the achievements um it has 25 million streams uh it's more than we have (laughs) it is indeed (laughs) (laughs) Um, but all i want made it into the top 100 on spotify us which is a big deal because that's where people you know find and aggregate music is in the top 40 Mm -hmm. on itunes um, Olivia Rodrigo debuted at number 18 on Billboard's Emerging Artist chart. Um, the song has essentially gone viral, and I'm curious now as to if it's getting radio play. I meant to look that up. Ooh, um, maybe. But I don't know. I don't listen to the radio. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, I mean, for that to come 
from a show like this on a streaming platform. I can't think of another example off the top of my head. Um, but it is absolutely notable, um, especially for something that came from a cast member. Um, I think that's great. And I think it really speaks to like, I don't know, the creative nature of this Gen Z cast, mm-hmm. um, which is something else that federally talked about in the LA Times interview. Um, let me find the specific point. But like, He's talking about how there's a lot of like Gen Z creators out there. We have Zendaya who is producing. Um, we have, I mean, like Billie Eilish, right? Um, and in this, he talks about like attributing the shift to all these Gen Z creators to a quote unquote bedroom content creator world, mm-hmm. where all of us grew up on YouTube with the ability to post things on Instagram and SoundCloud and just so much creative license and freedom that creating things like this and doing songwriting has become so accessible Mm -hmm. um and i think that's and that's how we like find the artists that we like too Mm -hmm. in a more organic way than like oh this is the top 100 on the radio right i mean that's how if i remember correctly like billy eilish um ocean eyes the song that she and her brother phineas wrote yeah was like blew up on SoundCloud and that's how mm-hmm. she really found her initial footing. And um I think it's cool. I mean like Rodrigo in this interview has this really, really great quote where she says that Gen Zers have no tolerance for anything that's fake or anything that's saccharine. Um yeah. we have a particular insight on the world that sometimes adults don't have. If you have a bunch of old white guys in a room trying to write a song for a teenage girl their experience is never going to be the same as a teenage girl living in 2020. Which, hey, hey you go, Olivia. That rules, right? Um, <laughs> that rules. That's such a good quote. I love that. Yeah, it's an amazing quote. I was trying to figure out a, a way to tweet it, but I couldn't get it under the character limit. Anyways, um, you could screenshot it. That's true. That's, uh, that's a valid thing to do. Do it, so I'll, and I'll retweet you, and then we'll have the podcast account retweeted. Wow, that's a uh, that's synergy, yeah, a beautiful baby. synergy, um, synergy. I was also gonna say synergy. So much synergy. So much synergy. All right. Um. So I guess our final talking point. Oh, sorry, I did not mean to. No, I was just gonna say. T- well, she talks about. She briefly touches on um, like race in that quotation too, and I think it's really cool yeah. that this show like the the there are a lot of people of color um Mm -hmm. which is something that disney has at points had trouble with not at points frequently has trouble with um and that's really cool from like a representational aspect yeah i did i saw like a critique saying that like oh this show only has like light-skinned people but i feel like they're forgetting uh courtney and carlos who are not necessarily light-skinned poc and i feel like um nina nini's the fact that nini is filipina also gets kind of erased sometimes yeah um so i think it's important to remember the only like white people we have are ricky big red ashlyn i'm not only but like it's like 50 50 cast wise which is really cool to see yeah on in like the regular characters yeah um speaking of um representation etc um the series was nominated for a glad award which is wonderful um it was nominated for outstanding kids and family programming alongside um media like the steven universe movie um i forget what else what else was nominated in all ages um 
uh, to Shira. Shira, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there were like it's really, really, really cool because there were ten pieces of media nominated for outstanding mm-hmm. kids and family programming, which is unprecedented, actually. Um, Andy Mack was also nominated. The Loud House at Nickelodeon. Um, the Rocco's Modern Life Netflix special, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, but so the Outstanding Kids and Family Programming Award didn't exist until like 2018, I believe. Um, yeah. Because straight up, there just was not enough all ages media with queer characters to merit a category of its own. Um, Steven Universe got nominated, I think, in 2017 under like original comedy series, right? So, yeah. It's amazing to see. Um, and I think like this series, we've talked about it a lot, but it does, it, it currently is, and I think intends to continue doing justice by its queer characters, predominantly mm-hmm. Carlos and Seb. Um, yeah. Which is really just wonderful to see. And like we talked about earlier, wonderful to see Seb getting an arc outside of like, I'm gay and my, you know, I'm having troubles with my family, which like, once again, those stories are valid. Right. But, um, there's so much depth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, um, and yeah, I know like people, shippers especially always wish that there could be more, but I think the point you made was great as in like what, two years ago, they didn't even have this category. Yeah. And stuff like this is important. So even if it might not be a lot it's another step forward. Yeah. And I think, like, frankly, I'm somewhat surprised to see, like, queer representation in all ages programming has always arguably been led by, like, cartoon series over the past several mm-hmm. years, particularly, like, Steven Universe, um, Shira, one could say Voltron, Legendary Defender. <laughs> That's a whole. That's a whole. That's a that's a whole other podcast that I don't. Yeah. Um, please don't come into our mentions about Voltron. But now, like Disney is somewhat paradoxically leading the charge with like Andy Mac and this show in particular. Um, which is funny given that Disney's really, really, really bad at queer representation in movies, mm-hmm. but they're doing a really good job, and I think like the queer stories that have the potential to be told on this show are wonderful, especially seeing that um, Joe Serafini got bumped up to a series regular in season two. Um, And it seems like there's a lot in store for his character. We both read this piece from um, Mel, which is Mel magazine, um, which is a quote unquote men's publication, but um, they interviewed it's a good men's publication. Yeah. Um, they interviewed him and like talked about how he's more than just like gay Sharpay, right? Um, <laughs> and it's just it's really cool to see that like, especially um, in season two, we're going to see a lot of different things where it's not just like the two of them getting sidelined as this token gay relationship, mm-hmm. but it's definitely going to be like a fleshed out story. Um, and Federally talks about it, and he says, to see characters like Carlos and Seb evolve and have as dynamic of a relationship as their straight counterparts is something someone like me, who grew up on Dawson's Creek, never quite got to see. Um, and so the fact that we're going to see, like, 
more in-depth queer stories out of all of this is just super cool. Um, and the fact that their relationship is going to be more of a facet of season two is also wonderful to hear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know if you have any. I've been talking so much about Oh, no, gay no, no. Things. I feel like this is definitely <laughs> your area yeah. of expertise. Yeah. I did not want to... I did not want to... Um interject no, it's it's all and overstep your story oh god no it's all speak your truth, speak your truth. This, this is um i mean yeah sorry this is what like my whole my my background is your in and i think hashtag beat yeah this is this is where i started i started um writing about glad. gay tv at glad actually um was how i got into so all of Palmer this Palmer is a glad expert yeah too, too well, yeah. Palmer knows what she's talking about. I do. About here. I, I would say that. Um, but it's <laughs> it's really cool. Um, also in this episode or in this interview, um, Serafini does say that he is bisexual, which uh, you love to see it. Um, shout out to my fellow bisexuals. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just really cool to not only have queer characters on screen, but have queer actors and writers mm. and. Um, Things that ensure that this series, I think, is going to keep getting these things right. Um, and that are, frankly, just wonderful to see. Um, now give me Jeannie. Uh, no, now I can't. Give <laughs> well, Gina and Nini had a really cute heart-to-heart in this episode, too. And I was like, ah, Jeannie? Question mark. Jeannie, Jeannie? I don't know. Um, we'll but, find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Anyways. You know what? Nini has two hands. And she can't. <laughs> And Gina, they all have two hands. They could all hold all right. each other's hand, but um, oh yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think a huge part of this series, yes, is the romantic relationships, but the fact that they're all such good friends and that we get like such thorough explorations of everyone's friendship dynamic mm-hmm. is very important to me. Yeah, specifically, like I love their friendships so much. I like that. Even though there were some rivalries by the end, like no one was pitted against each other. Yeah, and they all came together mm. and put on that show, which had four casting changes, but they still did they it. They still did it. It's still it's still pulled through. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely. Wow, this like, is our longest episode ever. So maybe we should wrap. We should it up. wrap it up. We're at fifty five minutes right now um ish yeah so anyway yeah this is our last episode of the season we will be uh releasing some during the hiatus between seasons i don't know if we're going to keep a regular schedule or if it's just going to be like hey palmer let's cast everyone in cats yeah i think the plan um that we're currently looking at is doing fun one-off things like that um bringing some friends on yeah. Talking about some watching some decoms, yeah, specifically the musical decoms, right? Yeah, um, we have an episode played with a Teen Beach movie since neither of us have fully seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if there's anything that you would like to see us talk about during the hiatus, whether it's a Disney film, whether it's a specific topic, whether it's a Q and A, yeah, straight up, um, anything. We we definitely have ideas, but if there's anything that you'd like to listen to, um. We're absolutely, we're absolutely yeah, game. Yeah, you can contact us on Twitter at HSMTMTSpodcast or on Gmail at HSMTMTSpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Please, yep, um, that's how you, please send us ideas of how to fill this silence. Yeah. 
Um, thank you so much for sticking with us throughout this whole season. Um, it's been lovely to get to chat with people and experience this all together. Um, so feel free if you're so inclined, throw us a follow on Spotify, uh, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, hit us up on socials. Um, and I hope we're all having gonna gonna be able to deal with no more HSM TMTS for a little it's bit. It's okay. We have we can rewatch and also watch the originals. Yep. And we will Alrighty. be back with recaps and everything in season two. So thank you Whenever so much. That maybe. Yep. All right. All right. Bye everyone. Thank you.